So it's the 1st of January, 2023. Who'd have thought that we'd, uh, we'd get here? Uh, but uh, I guess uh, the, the thing we want to uh, focus on is uh, how this year's going to go for us. And First of all, has already spoken about that, and we've got the convention coming up. But there's, a, there's something that's going to determine whether, if the Lord tarries, whether we personally will be here next year or uh, in fellowship is really what I'm alluding to. And I guess it's the things that we, through the year, that we find ourselves in agreement with that will determine that factor, whether, you know, we, whether we uh, uh, decide to walk on with the Lord uh, or not, or be drawn, uh, drawn away to uh, something, something else. And uh, so, that it's that, so we're talking about agreement tonight. And uh, over the next year, we're going to have each and every one of us personally will have many opportunities to make a choice. And that choice, I'm, uh, I'm trusting that each and every one of us will make those choices that line up and be in agreement with God's word and all the people said. But uh, look, the reality is with a number like this and throughout out the work, there will be some that will make a call that will say, I don't agree, and uh, will find their way to, uh, to unbelief, which is really quite sad. And, and look, that, this is the reality, though. The scriptures say in Amos 3.3, 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? And uh, we just want to make sure that uh, our mind and our heart, and we're going to talk a little bit about the heart tonight, is always lined up and aligned with the Lord and in full agreement with his word. We wonderfully see that the word of God agrees with itself. Uh, in the, the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing will be established, it says, and many times we see that uh, demonstrated throughout the scriptures. And we have uh, each and every choice we make, we have, it will tell us something about ourselves, I guess, and it will tell us uh, you know, something, things that can be easily, easily measured against God's word. And I guess the bottom line is, do we agree with God's word? Or do we perhaps value our own thoughts or the thoughts of men uh, more highly? We won't go there for, for uh, lack of time, but uh, we're probably all familiar with uh, Cora and uh, the crew. And Cora rounded up and says 250 uh, princes of Israel, men of renown, uh, they had it all together and they, uh, uh, they found themselves uh, thinking in the natural. And uh, they found it. Uh, they found agreement among themselves to uh, come and lay a charge at uh, Moses and Aaron that they were uh, thinking too highly of themselves, and uh, they uh, paid a price. And there were 250 that the earth opened up and swallowed, which is bad enough in itself. But it says on the morrow. There were murmurings of Israel and they accused uh, Aaron and Moses of killing the people of the Lord. And uh, they found agreement among themselves and 14,700 perished as the plague came upon Israel. So the, the consequences of finding agreement with something that is opposed to what the, the word of God says can have catastrophic catastrophic uh, consequences. And of course, we've got to make sure that we examine the thoughts of our own heart and our mind and, and uh, just ensure that we determine to find agreement with those and recognise and discern uh, 
any thought, anything we hear and see that doesn't align with the Word of God, that will take away from what we've heard this weekend with, uh, uh, or this week I should say, with just the wonderful love of God and the uh, just the wonderful testimonies and uh, just all of the uh, revelation that's come into the lives of those who would walk with the Lord, anything that would take away from that, we're going to make sure that we uh, very uh, quickly bring our uh, thoughts and our mind and our hearts into subjection. The opposite side of what happened there with Korah, uh, we see when David stood up, the only one out of all of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the warriors of Israel and the, the men of renown there, when the problem arose, it was David, a shepherd boy, who stood up and slew Goliath and was, triumph, was triumphant. But the interesting thing as we read on, we see that uh, through uh, perhaps discussion among themselves and uh, just the observation of uh, uh, this wonderful testimony of David, Others went on to, to likewise. It says in, uh, uh, in Chronicles uh, 20 verse 4, others stood up and were, and were victorious over those who would trouble Israel, brothers of Goliath and others. So other people stood up and saw that they found themselves in agreement with, uh, with David when he said, who is this man to defy the armies of the living God? Uh, you know, and uh, so they... Uh, there was no doubt discussion and agreement found there that we can do this. And I guess that's what, uh, you know, a part of uh, what we've experienced this week. So in this, uh, I just noticed this morning, how many times was our heart mentioned? Must have been at least a dozen times in the talk. People, we speak about the heart and uh, uh, um, our brother, uh, Pastor, um, spoke of, uh, you know, just uh, the heart last night and the, the uh, David. I just had a mental blank there. It must be my age. So <clears throat> that age is 75, by the way, for those that were uh, wondering what that significant age was. I'm just going to digress a little. I've been thinking, I watched a documentary a week ago about black holes in space. And just to put my 75 years into perspective, when you look at the Milky Way, which doesn't, you know, it's there and it looks like a sort of a cloudy thing. That's the uh, Milky Way. They estimate, well, they, they, they've calculated, it would take a beam of light to cross that Milky Way 100,000 years. Now, that's a figure I can get my head around. I often hear, uh, you know, figures, light years and so forth, and it doesn't mean anything to me. They're just too big. But I can see that, and I can see 100,000 years for light, a beam of light, at the speed of light to cross that, and that God is working in our lives. And all the people said, incredible. 75 years of vapour and uh, eternity forever. So praise the Lord. So how many times was the heart mentioned? Probably at least a dozen times this morning. And uh, I've got uh, six minutes to get through the rest of this. Proverbs, and I want to tie this in with, um, uh, with, the, uh, with the thought of agreement. Proverbs 4 verse, 4 verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, 
that the heart of uh, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, isn't the heart just a pump? Um, I think something's going on here. I remember in my my Bible years ago, I crossed out the word heart and wrote mind because it didn't make any sense. Uh, it spoke of the heart as of being able to think and reason and so forth. Well, our heart's a pump. Uh, Mark 7, verse 21. Oh, just by the way, before I get there, I was wrong. Okay, I've since crossed that out and wrote heart again. Mark 7, verse 21. Jesus speaks. He says, Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. So the heart uh, is, uh, when the Lord says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, desperately sick, who can know it? Uh, he's, uh, uh, he's talking about something that is seemingly more than a pump. Luke 6 verse 45, Jesus says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth that which is evil. Then he goes on to say, For of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. As I wrote here, is it our heart just an efficient pump? In Psalm 139 verse 14 it says, uh, Scriptures that we're uh, familiar with no doubt, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Our heart is more than a pump. We are just magnificently, uh, I can't say it, uh, very well created. Um, <laughs> impressive job that the Lord uh, has done, as I tell my wife, you know, marvellously made. Look at that. Scientific research of late has, uh, actually shows that uh, though that our heart has its own intrinsic cardiac nervous system, or a little brain in the heart it's referred to, composed of approximately 40,000 uh, neurons, that are identical to uh, the neurons in, the, in our brain, meaning the heart has its own nervous system. And it appears that everything we see or hear is first processed by this and in, in four distinct ways communicates with our, with our mind, which is like a massive uh, computer in comparison with this little brain, but the heart, and I saw a, a documentary some years ago when I first started investigating this uh, that showed a person with uh, sensors on their heart and on their brain and they showed them flashcards and the heart always responded before the brain. You know, just microsecond, but it was the heart that responded first and communicated with the brain. The research has shown that, in fact, the heart is indeed the centre of our emotions and uh, not all emotions are good and not all emotions are bad. Uh, but it's the centre of our emotions and their research shows that, a, that an emotion is quicker than a thought. You, uh, you know, you hear or see something, you're going to have an emotional response that, that is quicker than a thought. So it takes something more than a thought to shift that out of the way. So I believe the Lord has gone, we're going orange. The Lord has gone straight to the, the heart of the problem, so to speak, and uh, as Pastor David said, it's like he's given us a heart transplant. Well, I believe that's exactly what he's done. It says uh, in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, A new heart will I give you, 
He's going to write his laws upon our heart. Give us a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. That heart that brings forth all of the uh, awful things that the Lord uh, listed there out of the natural heart. I'm going to fix the problem. And uh, we, uh, we read in the scriptures, and we heard it uh, this morning, I think in the gifts of the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. It speaks in the scriptures about a double-minded man. Now, a double-minded man is uh, possibly going to be susceptible to making the wrong uh, agreement and uh, considering, uh, you know, want to put in the law, to put in the world, and, and that says a double-hearted man is unstable in all his ways, is what the uh, Dutch Bible, Pastor Pete, this uh, pointed out. A double-hearted man is unstable in all his ways. If we find ourselves with one foot in each camp, there's a way around it. Uh, but it says that the answer to that problem, as we read on through James, is uh, is to purify your hearts. Be double-minded. Our heart's more than a pump. It's actually where, it's who we are and uh, resides much more than our brain. In fact, there's, in the scriptures, there's almost a thousand references to the heart and there's 127 to our mind. I'm not saying our mind is, uh, uh, you know, we, since we put on the mind of Christ, but it's this, the influence on our heart, from our heart to our mind, neurologically, uh, biochemically, biophysically, with rhythm waves, uh, electromagnetically. Apparently, the uh, electromagnetic force in our heart is some 5,000 times greater than what is, is up here, and it can be measured a metre or more away from our body. When you meet somebody that you really, uh, you know, click with, the suggestion is that that, uh, that interaction of that uh, bi electromagnetic force from our heart is, uh, has something to do with it. They've studied, uh, they showed that when uh, we sing in unity, uh, in the, uh, you know, uh, just to sing a melody together, something happens, our hearts begin to beat as one. And I brought a talk in Lismore some years ago. Uh, that also came, that information came from a pastor in, uh, in England. Uh, my thought there was be careful what we're in unity with. And I drew the analogy that uh, I guess uh, the uh, guards at Auschwitz, as they were singing their songs and the, uh, uh, you know, the people at uh, uh, the Liverpool soccer match, the guards who were there oversighting uh, you know, some horrific events. As they're singing their songs, their heart would have been beating together as well. And people looking for, a, for an escape at a football match uh, with their team, their hearts would beat together. Well, so do ours when we gather around the things of God and we uh, sing praises to him. We're going to make sure our hearts in agreement and beating together for the right cause. And all the people said. So there's just all of these incredible things happening to purify your hearts. Well, how do we do that? Psalm 4 verse 4, take a note of this scripture and uh, when you get home, <clears throat> it's very short but a very powerful scripture. It says, commune with your own heart upon your bed. Now that doesn't mean to say have a chat because when we look to the word commune, it means much more than that. It means to challenge our heart, to command our heart. To declare, to demand, to do, uh, to desire and require of our heart. Steer our heart in the way it should go. And if we're 
honest with ourselves, when we look into our heart and see who we are, what we hold of value, if we're honest with ourselves, we'll see very, very clearly and quickly what needs to... Is there pride there? Is there lust? Is there desire? Is there, uh, you know, is there hatred? Is there bitterness? Is there unforgiveness? We can actually do something about it. We can steer and direct our heart in the way it should go. Um, Philippians 1 verse 9, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, uh, that you may approve things. This is where we want to be. We want to be examining ourselves and we want to be able to judge what we hear and what we see and make sure we're agreeing with things that actually build up and strengthen. And it says here that you may approve those things that are excellent. And we've heard some excellent things this weekend and all the people said just wonderful, uh, you know, encouragement and, uh, uh, you know, just all of the good things that we've heard. We want to make sure we can see that is beneficial. That's where we grow as individual, individuals and as a church. And it says that you may be sincere and without offence till the day of Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs>